Welcome to the Falling Skies cast, the first podcast dedicated to Falling Skies on TNT. All right, we're back for Falling Skies Season 2, and this is the Falling Skies cast. I am Jimmy Georgia, your host, as always, and we're here to talk two brand new episodes of Falling Skies for the first time in many, many months. It's been since last August that we've had a new episode to discuss. And tonight we will be talking about the season premiere, part one and part two. The first episode was entitled Worlds Apart, which aired from 9 to 10. And the second episode, Shall We Gather at the River, from 10 to 11. Here on Father's Day, June 17th, 2012. So happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there that may be listening. And uh, we're going to jump into some news and all of our normal things we do um, to recap and talk about a new episode here shortly. Uh, I do have a few things I just want to mention here at the opening before we get going too far. I was planning to try to get back with you guys here the last little bit to discuss those final couple episodes of season one and uh, kind of rewatch those and talk about a few ideas and things and I just didn't make it and I'm sorry about that. I did plan to try to go through all ten episodes. We only made it through six of them. Um, so sorry there fellow listeners and watchers and fans of Falling Skies uh, but I don't feel too bad I guess um, just because we are back for season 2 we're going to have regular episodes now um, for the next what 8 weeks or so so I definitely am encouraged by that part of this and I know having the new episodes definitely keeps me on on track so that's good stuff and one thing we're going to, have to try to have these first few episodes out pretty close to the time they air. Uh, I have access early to these first two episodes as well as the next two episodes. So these first three weeks of the season, I should have the the podcast posted hopefully Sunday night, Monday morning. I I don't know that for sure um, (laughs) when we'll get everything else out later. Um, Here, even though I've had access to these podcasts, I'm still recording on Sunday on June 17th. It's not like I was able to get this done prior to. That was another thing I had in mind that, oh, I'll go back. I'll rewatch these last few episodes, talk about those. Oh, and I'll go ahead and watch the new episodes and record stuff and have it pre-recorded and have it ready to go. I wasn't able to do all that. Um, That was my plan. That was my hope. Wasn't not able to (laughs) get that down in the books. But you know what? We're here. We're going to move forward and we're going to have fun with a brand new season that looks amazing. And that's one thing, even before we get anywhere near the other discussion topics and things. I really was impressed with the special effects here in this opener. Uh, just, I mean, we'll get to talk about more about the specifics, but when Tom was on the alien spaceship, that looked really, really good. The um, the gray aliens, the fish heads, as um, they referred to at one scene, they looked really good. I thought the uh, skitters and mechs looked pretty similar. I know, and those are, uh, at least the skitters are a combination of practical effect and special effects, so those usually look pretty good. Um, but just in general, everything I thought looked really well as far as the alien crafts and ships and things. So definitely a step up, I believe, this season. And I was talking, I was talking to our Falling Skies friend there, Robert from Three If by Space, a while back on Twitter, and he was telling me they actually did use a new special effects company here for season two. So I definitely think they've improved um, that level of of goodness. I mean, it wasn't terrible last year. I think the one thing that we've um, noticed. It's, it is kind of limited, I think, with their effects budget and, and maybe their technology from season one. And, and it seems like even these early couple episodes here, season two, that um, there's not like this large scale attack. Um, it's usually a few mechs and a few skitters. It's not like dozens or hundreds or thousands. 
it is a fairly small scale attack that comes after them. Um, and, and I do think part of that is budgetary. Uh, I know early on last year we were, we had a chance to be on that teleconference with Noah Wiley and he was talking about some of those things and I think we mentioned it before I'm sure but how he basically said in certain episodes you have to kind of lay back and have more character moments and you know build the story so the next episode you can come back in and explode stuff and uh, have more more special effects because of the you know, budgetary constraints and things but I think they're doing a great job here making this show look really good um, sound really good that's another thing that the sound mixing the sound effects the the music is another really high quality part of the show too so anyway before we get too much into all this let's go ahead and jump into the first of season two's falling skies cast recap it's time for the falling skies recap part of the show where we recap falling skies all right now we have two episodes to get into and recap here so we're going to try to do this fairly quickly um, I've got like 12 pages of notes. <laughs> it's about six pages of notes per episode. And so I'll try to get through this fast. And I don't know, some people hate recaps. Some people, I guess, tolerate them. And uh, I'll try not to, to bore you <laughs> or draw this out too long. And then we'll get into some more some discussion. Episode one, Worlds Apart. All right, we have the cold open. And, and a lot of this had been online for quite a while now. That You could see this um, a few months ago even. And we have... Um, kind of a reminder of what happened last season tom going with an aliens we flashed to three months later pope and his boys on their motorcycles are escaping the mix um the second mass does take out a couple of those and some skitters and we find out that a rocket launcher is definitely very effective on these guys um ben we see here doesn't want to stop shooting um and they we hear learn here pretty quickly in the early in this episode that the second mass has kind of figured out they have a, a time window a little a little timetable of we can attack and we can get out and we'll have about 8 minutes before more max or more skitters show up which is kind of an interesting pattern that they have but anyway super ben <laughs> is angry he sees one of the skitters is still down there he jumps out of the window goes down to kill the skitter dr glass styles we saw in season 1 where he just shoves the the knife right in his mouth and then there's a second skitter that's followed by some other figure, and we see that it's actually Tom, and Ben has shot him, which is definitely a nice little cliffhanger here in this first little part of the show. And then I'll go ahead and say this now. One thing I really enjoyed about the first part of this, um, the storytelling part of the first episode, Worlds Apart, was the flashbacks with Tom showing what had happened the past three months with him, kind of intertwining that story with what was going on currently with the second mass. I thought that was an excellent use of that storytelling device. Flashbacks especially have been one of my favorite things since Lost came out. I mean, that was one of the first things I really enjoyed that was definitely a big part of the, the storytelling. And uh, I think that's really effective. And, and granted, it's been used forever in all sorts of media, but uh, I, I like it. All right, so Hal and Ben meet back up with the rest of the second mass, and they get out of town before the um, rest of the backup comes in to get them. Back at camp, Tom is taken to Anne, the doctor. Definitely one thing we see here in the season opener and the second episode as well, the the camp is much more mobile now. I mean, before they were they were stuck in that school for most of the season one, uh, they were in a neighborhood prior to that in a the meadow. They're you know very mobile. The the hospital isn't a, a school room anymore; is a, a a bus, and it's been converted into like a little medical unit. And I think that's pretty neat. Um, definitely seems more practical. So Anne has to operate on Tom. She pulls out a bullet, and Matt and Ben are watching, and they get kind of shushed out of shoot out of there, which is probably for the best. And this is when we start seeing those flashbacks. We see Tom on the alien ship. 
and here Tom had been, I guess, caged up and stuff, and he he's like getting to fight with the skitter, and Karen stops its attack. <laughs> so it's good. And then Zombie harnessed Karen, says she's still Karen. She basically says that they want the resistance to surrender because they're an inconvenience. The alien command center looks amazing. It looks awesome. Um, that was one of the things that just really was like, wow, this special effects look really good. Second mask killed a deer <laughs> as they flash back to the normal time. Weaver asks Hal about Ben and asks Hal to keep an eye on him. And then they talk about here that their eight-minute escape window has actually dropped down to two. And uh, Weaver's really wondering if they're the only ones left here in the fight, which is, you know, quite possible. And still taking care of Tom. There's there's a guy there that I thought was Ricky, but after some discussion in season episode two, season two here, that wasn't Ricky. I was like, man, he looks different. That's because it wasn't Ricky. But in my mind, that's what I first thought when I first looked at it. But anyway. Tom has another flashback here. Karen continues to speak for the alien. And at this point, they're basically saying they're offering sanctuary. A uh, kind of reminded me of a uh, concentration camp, really. That there would be an area where um, the people would be separated. And then Tom actually mentions a few things there. I guess we'll talk about in our uh, This Week in History section that we like to do. And speaking of This Week in History, that's pretty much our only um, historical reference that I really picked up on. I may have missed something, possibly, but I don't know. He and the alien there do have a discussion, basically aliens saying that, that we've killed each other and millions of people have died around the world, and that'll pretty much determine whether or not they live or die-ish. Um, Matt talks to Ben about what happened. Matt still wants to fight. That's been kind of a common theme throughout this first you know, season and now going into the second season, that little Matt wants to be trained. He wants to fight. And we definitely see the relationship that appears to be growing between Hal and Maggie. Um, some of their discussions um, here and then definitely later on in episode two are quite interesting. Ben doesn't respect or listen to Hal anymore. And he kind of gives him the you're not my dad speech at some point here in the near future. So Pope and Anthony, Hal, Maggie, and some others go out looking for the the skitters or as Pope calls them, the cooties. Um, one of the alien spacecrafts comes along and blows up their truck and a Harley... Pope does shoot out with his revolver. And then Weaver's like, well, they can pick up the heat from the engines. And so, I don't know, it's one of those things, you know, we've, we've talked about this, I think, in the past, of, of how the aliens find them and whatnot. And it's like, well, as long as we're smaller than 300, they don't see us or they can't find us, blah, 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 blah. Apparently, they do have heat-seeking or infrared-type technology, so they can find out these where the heat signatures are. And at this point in in the world, there wouldn't be many large heat signatures in the area, so definitely is, enables them to find the, the truck here. And we, we learned later on in the second episode that these ships flying around aren't really piloted; they're more of drones. Like a like we have, you know, even today we have the little little ships that can fly around and shoot out bombs and things, but there's not actually a pilot involved. I mean, I would assume there would be someone controlling it, kind of like remotely controlled or whatever, but. Um, there's there's no there's no actual pilot there in the alien spacecraft. There is some kind of biomechanical something that is you know powering it like a motor, but um, definitely not a uh, a pilot. Die definitely goes on to say that he does think there's infrared sensors that are picking up the heat. He talks to Weaver about that, and so Weaver's basically coming to the conclusion they need to go about 20 miles and they need to try to find a way to keep the engines cool for about an hour, which would kind of be hard. So we have another Tom flashback here, and he, he has a, a deal where he's not going to make any negotiations. And he comes up with the idea that they will live as prisoners or die. And I think here the alien uses the term the neutral zone, or actually it's Karen, but through the, as the alien speaking. And the neutral zone, we'll talk about that in our pop culture section 
I mean, I guess that is a generic term, but it's really not if you're a fan of science fiction. And we'll get back to that in a little bit. And we do see here Tom fights back. He takes a weapon from one of the skitters and does try to attack the Gray. We um, hear that soon after that we see a large spaceship. Um, Tom exits. Many other resistant leaders from other places come out of it. The ship actually flies away and they leave a mechanist skitter behind. And then again, this is one of those places I noticed that the CGI is definitely getting better. Tom, unfortunately, is the only survivor of this little massacre of these leaders. And it definitely seems like he's let go by the by the skitter. Um, kind of one of those things where they leave one alive to tell the tale kind of things. And here is one of those examples of how Ben is just doing his own thing. He's not um, listening to Hal. He's not respecting the authority that is there. Ben is teaching Matt to shoot. Hal takes the gun away and um, chastises Ben. Ben says he doesn't want Matt to be taken away like Karen, Hal's girlfriend. And then I think that kind of makes him mad, especially since he's been kind of digging on Maggie, it seems. Because he tries to attack Ben, that doesn't really work because Ben overpowers him with his skitter-injected harness abilities that he has. We have another flashback for Tom. He's in Lansing, Michigan. And Tom, he finds a bag of money, which is kind of funny, and he uses it for heat. He burns it. I mean, it is useless at this point. Tom runs into a man attacking a young girl, and there's also a dead woman laying there on the ground nearby. There's a Yamaha motorcycle, because he's been on foot for quite a while. Um, After Tom gets rid of the dude, they bury the dead girl, or the dead woman, and then they, they go off together on the motorcycle because he's heading back to his people. We've run in back in the present, talk about Tom saying he's weak, but he should be okay. And we were asking about some scotch, scotchy scotch, scotch. And they have some 30-year-old scotch actually available, which is pretty good, I guess, in the, in the alien apocalypse here. And we do learn here that Weaver's definitely missed Tom's advice and wisdom and that um, he doesn't have you know that second-in-command, that CO. Um, out here in the second episode we, he talked a little bit more about that how you know Hal and Ben have stepped up but they're young they're inexperienced they're not you know a wise person like Tom Tom looks rough Ben gets in they realize something's wrong Laundress was watching him and it looks like they're going to have to go back in and operate Tom and the girl in a flashback find the old school where the um, second mass used to be holed up at she says at this point that it was her mom they buried and I mean it's been days if not weeks I guess from Lansing Michigan over here to Massachusetts and now she's finally said what it was and Tom says he helps her because that's what people are supposed to do Tom says they can't hide anymore um, we find out there's a met convoy about a mile away and the second mass kind of gets on the road and they leave a, a four people behind to protect the medical bus die Maggie Hall and Ben and at this point, Anne looks kind of bad. I just, I guess she's kind of tired and everything's going on. She does find some shrapnel and starts closing up Tom. And then apparently the mechs pass them by. And I was like, really? Really? And, and this one thing, I honestly thought about stuff like this, and, and I, I think I've done this a few times, where we hear the sounds of the mechs and stuff, and so we know that's what it's supposed to be. And I mean, that's one way they definitely can save money as far as if it is a budgetary concern to let us know dangers nearby but for some reason it didn't find them just have the sound effects i mean that's definitely much cheaper it's kind of like my comment last episode on if you, you were able to check that out um the little podcast that they had um colin cunningham doing is the little pope and his berserkers you know that's a cheap way to promote the show and build an audience hopefully whereas you know actually producing video and, and special effects and things that's expensive so i think that's that's an interesting way to to save a little money there and then we see that the second mass does arrive at a waterfront, and that's you know where they're at there in the second part of the two-part premiere. 
we see yet another Tom flashback. This time the girl leaves Tom as he heads towards the battle. He gets into a fight with a skitter. He kills it. And that's when Ben shot him. Um, and I really do think, again, this is nice storytelling. And for some reason in my notes, I put Tom as the new Rick Grimes. I'm not sure why. All right. Well, we have a few more things here to discuss in this last little bit. Ben comes in to see his dad, Matt, how follow suit. And then we get the classic look what the cat drug in line. And then we do have um, Tom coming out. And the second mass is excited to see him. And, uh, you know, the whole gang is there. And that's the end of Season 2, Episode 1, Worlds Apart. All right, we're going to go ahead and jump into some recap for Episode 2. And I'm sorry this is taking a long time, but I do try to throw in a little bit of commentary and opinion there here and there as we go through the recap. So that definitely adds a little bit of time um, rather than me just talking about it. All right, so this episode starts off with another one of those storytelling things we see often in TV and movies. Someone is having a nightmare and uh, it looks like it might be real, but it's not. And so Tom has a nightmare about a skitter at his tent, um, but he wakes up from his dream. And he, he kind of takes this as a sign that maybe something's wrong with him. Maybe they've done something to his brain. Maybe they've you know, done something to him. And so he, he kind of thinks something's wrong. He goes to see Anne. She says he seems normal. And then she basically suggests, you're saying you're a sleeper agent. And that's pretty much what he is saying. Tom does go on to say that he got on the ship because of the lie. They said they were going to take Ben away. And then he didn't get on the ship by his own free will because of that. One thing here Anne talks about is how they've lost a lot of good people and that their memory has kind of started to fade away. She talks about how Uncle Scott is dead, Rick is gone. And when she said Rick is gone, it, I'm not sure. I, I've read part of the, the comic that was a prequel for this season. I haven't read the whole thing, and so maybe I need to go back and check that out. But um, the way she said it, it, it made me think Rick disappeared, not that he died. And maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on that. And then she does mention how the, I don't even know what you want to call it. I guess it's kind of like the infection or the uh, the alien presence or whatever on Ben's back is spreading. So how Maggie, Ben, Jimmy, and the rest of the crew are, are out looking for bridges. All, pretty much all the bridges apparently in the area have been destroyed by the aliens. They do find a bridge that is still in working order. Um, Die opens up fire on the alien ship that comes after them. It happens to kind of crash into the, the bridge and burn break part of it nah, definitely not the best thing ever and then here again weaver mentioned something that went on in the uh, comics um the prequel comics was called the battle of fitchburg and he, he talks about that battle here he says um the, you know they survived that battle but they lost about a hundred people there um which would at this point they'd have to be real real slim on people and it definitely seems that way if you look at the the little convoy of people that are going about and about um just definitely doesn't seem like that large group that we saw at the beginning of season one leaving you know the bigger group of all the different groups with porter so that's kind of interesting and then we also learn here that they're trapped by the river and tom is kind of distracted by all this um he's more concerned about his boys still i mean granted he just kind of woke up from being operated on and is out and about for the first time and tom just doesn't trust himself either and that's another thing and here we get a pop culture reference from louders and we'll talk about that in our pop culture section pope asked about tom while louders was patching him up and then um, the scouts do come back in to report Weaver what happened. They found a bridge and it was damaged. They think they might have about two days before the skitters and mechs really close in on them. Jermiel, one of the new guys for season two, Brandon J. McLaren, comes in. And um, he says he can repair the bridge so they can cross it. 
He also has a boat that they got from a sporting goods store, but he said it would take about 40 minutes to go across the river and back, so that's really not going to work. And Tom also agrees that repair is probably the best option. Um, we also learned here that the jamming system they'd come up with for the mechs at the end of the last season is not working anymore. So um, definitely some of those questions have been answered here in these first couple episodes with just a sentence, which I think is a really good way to do it. So Ben is going to be sent across the river. He's going to swim it because he's super Ben, Mr. Skitter Boy, and he's going to go scout out what's going on across the river. And then Jimmy's going to kind of cover him on the way down to the river, I guess, and then on the way back. Tom goes in and talks with Hal a little bit. He tells him to keep his eyes on him if he does anything strange to you know stop him. And Matt overhears this and it kind of upsets him. And then Tom, who who kind of freaks out, he grabs Hal and his eyes start to bleed. He falls over into kind of a seizure. And then Matt and Hal have the conversation about um, how Tom wouldn't hurt them. And then that's when Hal calls those gray aliens fish heads, which I guess is going to be the new official term, at least for me, for those command aliens. Fish heads. And find something in Tom's eye. It was moving. It, it really reminded me of the little thing... Um, you know what do you want to call it? A sensor, a locator, a whatever, a bug that the um, people had in the Matrix that went into Neo's belly button. Very similar in my mind. Um, and it was in his eye, and it was kind of sticking out of his eye, and it was moving around there. It looked kind of gross, and she pulled it out, and it, it really was kind of gross for TV, especially uh, supposed to be a family show and all. They sticked a little alien parasite robot thing into a jar, and they should have destroyed it, but they didn't. So Ben and Jimmy work out some signals for when Super Ben goes across the um, the river. Jamil is brought in to examine the little tracker, the little implant thing. And Tom thinks that there could be others inside of him. And he also thinks he should be restrained until they cross the river. And so Weaver does that, um, I guess, in agreement. Ben, I, I see a few times here in this episode, Ben hears like this alien frequency going out and it like hurts him and he kind of freaks out and kind of looks like he has a headache or something so it draws him to the plane wreck or the ship crash site or whatever of the first one of those ships they shot down and he sees like this organic material thing that's inside of it, it looks kind of like a giant harness but anyway he, he takes some pictures of it and then he stomps on it um, he sees a deer and then here's the frequency again and he approaches and he sees an alien structure with a few mechs and stuff below, and there are several um, little ships connected to it that kind of fly in and out. We see that Matt is still upset, and this is when Pope confronts Weaver and a few others, Hal and Anthony as well, about how he feels like they should have just killed Tom when he came back, just because you never know what's going on with him, with him being with the aliens and all. All right, so Ben visits with Tom. He has lots of nightmares. Ben says that he used to have nightmares until he stopped sleeping, and then Ben basically says that hate is what kept him going. He shows his dad his, his his back because his dad's like, you're not a freak. And he's like, yeah, I am. Look at this. But hate leads to the dark side. We all know this. Tom, however, says that his sons and his love for them is what kept him going, not hate. And that if, you know, hate is all Ben has, they've already changed him. Okay, here we have a thing where they were saying, how did Ben get, you know, how did he find the, the, the ship and the stuff and the structure? He lies. He doesn't say, that. oh, I heard the stuff. He lies about that. Um, but they do, um, Jamil mentions how these organic biotech is basically the motor he'd like to study it um anthony's pretty practical about everything which i like and here's where they actually say there's no pilot there's no seat and then ben says he didn't hear anything which he's lying and so they've kind of figured out by this that these are drones going around these little ships so weaver comes up with the plan he wants hal and his crew to go over with the little boat 
infiltrate the little camp and and blow up what he thinks to be a communications array on top of the little structure. So it would stop the, the ships, which is a good plan. Pope Anthony and the Berserkers stay behind to kind of protect the rear. We see TNT on the box several times. Nice little plug for the station there. It seems like Loudris and Jamil kind of sweet on each other. We um, kind of see them talking several times. We see her kiss him at one point here. And we also see where Matt is scared to ride with his dad in the bus. And then uh, Hal and Maggie have a discussion about the uh, reproduction or mating habits of the skitters. And then at some point Hal's like, wait, are we still talking about skitters? Which is pretty funny. But we know how they work. And, and Loudris and Anne have never shared that information. Just like on every other television show, people don't discuss things. Um, we saw how they figured out inside the skitter was a harness. And so they know that the skitters are other species who have been turned into those things. And nobody else knows that. So not the best thing. I mean, even just from, from Ben, you can see you know the, the changes that were made. And people haven't put two and two together, I guess. All right, so Hal's team moves in into the alien structure into the forest. The um, Jamil and his crew take a patch over to the bridge and put it on there. We see the TNT again because they're planning to blow up the bridge after they cross it. Tom definitely tries to talk with Matt again. Matt's still scared of everything that's going on. Hal and the crew are there as, um, I guess, basically the aliens are alerted that, to Tom and them being on the bridge. They The mechs and skitters start leaving, so they have an opportun- open opportunity here to attack the structure. Ben does feel his little brain pain again. It's a brain pain, coach. As the ships fly away. Die takes a closer position. He think, thinks he's too far away, so he kind of goes down the hill a bit. He takes a shot with their one rocket launcher and hits the antenna array. And um, the little aircraft, the ships, fly back, I guess, to their home base. And they think maybe that's part of their programming if something happens to the signal. But we still have the Skitters and Mechs coming up from the rear, coming towards the uh, the, the other side of the, the bridge. And um, they start taking fire. And I guess if these were Pope's renegades, most of them are dead at this point. I think later, um, Weaver says they lost six men, or six six brave fighters or something to that effect. This is when Tom has Matt get him free, and he goes back and, and he jumps on the, the burning truck that Mech has already hit. And starts shooting the 50 cal. I'm assuming that's what that was anyway. The big gun nonetheless. And at one point, Tom's about to get attacked by Skitter, and Matt has a gun and takes it out. So that was pretty good shooting there for um, for Matt. Kind of, again, reminded me of a Walking Dead moment where uh, a zombie was coming at uh, Rick, and uh, young Carl was able to take him down. And I, I don't want to spoil that too much if you don't already know, what, if, you know if you're not watching that show. But, but yeah, that was a pretty good, pretty good moment there. And then one thing that was kind of a little silly, I would say, the bus goes over the little patch. And it looks like basically, I mean, honestly, the way it looks, it looks like the patch is like broken or fallen, and like the bus is like at an angle. And then after this little firefight, they show the bus and the patch, and everything's level. So didn't really match up there. But here's one of those examples again. I only saw five skitters and two mechs coming at them, and I would have to assume there were more, or we were supposed to have been more. Um, Pope is the one who actually finally blows up the bridge. Jamil has the thing in his hand for a while and just doesn't do it. And they think, pretty much think he's killed Tom at this point. And I think here, here's one of the storytelling things. They do, they do the happy ending way too much on the show. I think the storytelling thing here would, would have been to have it look like Tom's dead, have the con- confrontation that kind of comes up here in a minute where um, Hal punches Pope and, and all this stuff. And then cut to the scene with the skitter and the little probe goes back into the skitter's eye the end and then next week 
Tom comes out of the river. I think that would have been better drama. It would have been more of a cliffhanger. Um, or even have have it backwards. Have the little skitter thing happen and then have the confrontation about, oh, you killed my dad. The end. Instead of, oh, Tom's alive again. All right. But, hey, it works out. It's okay. Because there again, they're in television. They get paid to do this stuff. I'm just an idiot that talks into a microphone. So, you know, I'm sure their opinion is probably much better than my own. But um, all of us probably like to sit back and think, oh, man, I can do this better than they can. But <laughs> if we could, I guess we would be doing it, right? Anyway. Okay, and this is one thing that I kind of skipped over in my recap. At one point during all this you know, craziness, the little implant does... Um, break out of its little glass jar it, it cuts a hole in it climbs on loudress i thought it was maybe going to climb into her or back into tom but it actually sprouts wings i guess it maybe it's still some fabric from her shirt or something i don't know but anyway it flies away and there at the end it does land on a skitter and it goes into the skitter's eyeball so there's no telling what information or what type of intel it might be able to share with the skitter so that, that is interesting and, and there at the end loudress does notice that it's gone one funny moment, too, I will say. When Tom comes out of the river, Ben has his gun pulled on him. He's like, Ben, don't shoot. That was pretty good. And Anne says she's tired of losing him. So I mean, it was a good it was a good ending, but I do think for drama, for that cliffhanger purpose, it, it could have been a little bit better. All right, well, that's been our super extended, long, double episode Falling Skies recap. We're going to get into our Falling Skies 5, where we run down the five most important moments of the two episodes. And I'm just going to do five for the two, not five for each, which I thought about at one point. All right, it is time for the Falling Skies 5. The five most pivotal moments of the episode. All right, well, my Falling Skies 5 for this week, I don't know, I always have a hard time trying to come up with what's one, what's most important. And, and it's hard to do that, too, when you talk about these things in the episodes because some of this stuff's out of order and whatnot. But anyway, I'm going to go with, with my number five, in my mind, the fifth most important thing that happened in these two episodes. The aliens want to make a deal. And we've seen them make a deal before with um, Terry Clayton there. They made a deal with him. Uh, with his daughter, I think it was, that was the the little um, skitter girl or whatever. So we have seen this before. This isn't the first time. And then also with that one crazy lady they met downtown back in episode 8, What Hides Beneath, they met um, a lady named Blair Brown. It's the actress's name, who a woman who was left behind downtown. And we found out she was actually in a camp and that she was you know released and she basically gave intel to the to the skitters for and change for food and stuff so it's not an unheard of that they would make deals but definitely um i guess they were trying to make a bigger deal perhaps it seems like they were trying to i don't know trying to basically stop the the fighting i mean that's pretty much what it was and so i think that's a pretty important topic here to just breach on talk talk about just a little bit i still don't get why they can't just wipe out everybody I mean, they even mentioned that in the episode. Why don't they just you know, send a neutron bomb after us or whatever? And <laughs> I don't know. I need them for something. I don't think we've, we've learned quite all that yet. I know that they do use the young humans to make skitters and whatnot, but there's definitely some other things going on, too, that we don't know about, I would have to think. Uh, I think number four is kind of trifolded <laughs> almost. The aliens released Tom. They let him go, unlike the rest of the people they slaughtered. Um, and he also has an implant in him. So I think there, again, there has to be a reason. Um, they, a tracker, a surveillance, a video, information, intel, something. And so, I, I don't know. We, we haven't really quite understood all that. I, I would hope to think the next episode they would explain a little bit more about that as the little thing flew back to the skitter went back into his eyeball. So I would have to think they are going to talk about that more soon. And I do think that's interesting, especially the somewhat of a Matrix connection there, at least in my mind. Um, so, I don't know. I think that's an interesting point, and in that they would kill the others 
and let him go. I still don't, I don't know. I mean, granted, the show's about him and his family pretty much, so it kind of makes sense in that mindset, but I don't know why he would be spared and the others weren't. I think another thing that was really important, number three on my list, the uh, ships that are flying around, they're not piloted, they're drones. And so, I mean, that's good for uh, for the aliens. They don't have to you know, waste a, a alien life or a skitter life in the, in those pursuits. But uh, I do think that's an interesting thing. They have gained a little bit of intel there that can help them in the future, possibly, if they could track down these structures with the help of uh, Ben, who can hear the little messages. So, um, you know, that's not too bad. But what does that really do for them? I don't know. I, I think they're going to try to try to figure out this technology more. I mean, they figured out a few things here and there with the help of Uncle Tom. He's now dead, but definitely Jamil um, is pretty on top of things. And, and one thing that I, I think we shared... Um, in one of the previous podcasts over the break. Now, this information isn't in the Fallen Skies character guide for Season 2, um, but online there was some information posted about his character, and the name was wrong um, that was posted out there, but basically the information that was posted online about his character was he's a handsome and overwhelmed mechanic who has spent a fortune on an Ivy League engineering degree and was just a few days from, away from launching an IPO when the aliens hit. And so... Um, they didn't really get into his backstory at all. I, mean, I guess we're supposed to just assume Jamil has been there the whole time. He's not a new recruit or anything. But um, I do think that was an interesting interesting thing there. Okay, so number two. I definitely think a you know, key point in these first couple episodes were that the second mass was able to escape. Um, they did not die. They were not eradicated. They did not go quietly into the night. They continued to fight. They um, crossed the bridge and we're able to, to keep moving, keep the fight alive. And so that's definitely an important part of these two episodes. But again, there's something going on here that the aliens don't want to eradicate them all, I don't think. I, I don't know. They may definitely kill them when they get a chance, but they, I don't know. There's something else that's going on there we don't know about. So I would hope we'd learn more about that soon. All right, and my number one thing for the week, and I guess this is kind of related back to number four um, and number five, but Tom is back, and he gets shot by Ben. I think that's important. More so that he's back than that he was shot. I mean, that is important, too, as far as his relationship with Ben and everything that's going on. But Tom being back is definitely the most important thing that happened. And this is one of those questions that I had going into the off season: Were they going to jump, you know, three, six months? I think I said six months or a year ahead. Um, three months seems to be a good amount of time. I definitely think that the um, actor that plays Matt looks a little bit older. Um, but I, I don't know. I, don't, I would almost have to think they might kill him off just because of the time thing. I mean, you get run into a Walt situation on Lost. I mean, Walt became Ghost Giant Walt in a matter of a couple of years. And so, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, all right, well, that's going to be our Fallen Skies 5 for this week. And if you haven't noticed, we have rearranged some things from our previous structure. And some of that I actually have gotten from my uh, Supernatural cast that I was doing. I haven't done one in a few months now, and I want to get back into it. But... I think just it's one of those things, just like most things in life, if you practice, you get better. And um, I think some people had some good input there um, saying you should you know, move some stuff around or whatever. And so that's one thing I've done here. And then one thing we're going to do a little bit differently here this week, too, is the Pope Quote of the Week, one of my favorite segments of the show, is actually going to be at the end. Um, we're going to do our Fallen Skies feedback or contact information, and then we'll have the Pope Quote of the Week will play us out, which is something I've been doing over on the Supernatural cast. So I kind of like that as an end of the show. All right, well, we're going to get into our next segment, another one of my favorites, This Week in History. This Week in History. 
Some kind of prison game. You can't handpick from our darkest moments in Cambodia or Nazi Germany. Or Nanking. Milai, the Trail of Tears. Please, Professor Mason, we can think of dozens of more examples. All right. Well, there are several things that are mentioned in that clip of some historical, basically, Holocaust and things that have happened over the years. The first one Tom mentioned was in Cambodia. Back from the mid to late 70s, the Khmer Rouge ruled the air, that country, and uh, Paul Pod and some others were in charge of that um, thing. And basically, almost 2 million people died because of executions and starvation and, and basically almost like slavery or forced labor. Just bad, bad things happened there. And, and there's other things, you know, recently, like in Rwanda and places that similarly have happened. He also mentions Nazi Germany, and I think most of us are probably pretty familiar with that. And the, literally, I think it's like 6 million Jewish people were killed by the Nazis um, and, you know, put in concentration camps and things. And just terrible, terrible things. And there's a couple there I honestly wasn't familiar with. One thing that um, the alien said was Nanking, or Nanking, maybe. Um, and there was a... It looks like back in 1937, it was called the Nan- Nanking Massacre. And there was about a six-week period that somewhere between 250,000 and 300,000 people were killed. And uh, I guess the soldiers raped and killed lots and lots of people um, in that area oh, over in uh, in China by the Japanese soldiers. Definitely a lot of people who died in a very short amount of time, which is really bad things. Um, and I'd never heard of that particular incident and then um, Malai was another one. And that one, honestly, I'm not even sure how to pronounce or say or even spell that, so I really wasn't able, able to find anything about that. If you know what they're referring to there, please let me know. I, I don't, I honestly don't know. And then, of course, the last one they mentioned was Trail of Tears, which was a forced relocation of Native Americans here, basically, I think mostly from the southeastern areas of the U.S., um, and these people were forced out of their homes and their land towards the west and um that you know definitely took place down here where i'm at i'm in georgia and so uh, people you know from my area were, were taken away and then forced out west like one like i don't have all the numbers but i saying i saw here that 15,000 cherokees were relocated and of those 15,000 like 4,000 of those people died i mean like a third of them almost um, were, were either died or were killed along the way uh, which is terrible and I uh, see here, um, by 1837, 46,000 Native Americans from the southeastern states were removed from their homelands. So definitely, again, definitely human history is filled with lots of bad things where we've killed and maimed and hurt lots and lots of people. It's definitely not all, all good things in our, our past. A lot of times the history lessons can be good, and but it's one of those things, I guess, if we don't learn from our history, we may you know be forced to repeat it. So... Anyway, we're going to move on into our next segment here, a little more lighthearted one. That, of course, is Falling Skies and Pop Culture. Falling Skies and Pop Culture. All right, well, my first pop culture reference here for me was when they were talking about that same kind of time of, of the aliens giving them a, a, like a prison camp kind of deal. They also mentioned having a neutral zone. And I know this is one of those, I guess, maybe a, a term that's just used in sports. It's used in other things, geography and stuff. But the thing that, honestly, the neutral zone that I'm really familiar with is from Star Trek. The neutral zone was was a title of one of the episodes, but there's basically a, a space in between, I guess, the Romulans, the Klingons, and the, and the, um, the Federation, I believe. In the episode of Star Trek Next Generation that was called Neutral Zone, 
basically some places were blown up in that place and they thought that Romulan Warbird did it and you know it goes on from there and it's investigating all this kind of stuff but that that's the first thing I thought of when I heard the word neutral zone was Star Trek and not necessarily that was a direct reference but I don't know I would have to think people who write for a sci-fi show would have to know that that is a term used in the Star Trek world or galaxy or whatever you want to call it I guess this is kind of a reference I don't know they did show a Yamaha motorcycle which would be a brand that we don't typically necessarily see brands I guess in here well I think we also see a Ford truck in one of the episodes um, where a lot of times we don't see stuff like that, an actual branded item. Another pop culture reference I have, around the time when they were trying to figure out a way to cool the engines or keep them cooled or covered or, or hidden, there's a, a, a point where someone mentions a Lone Ranger. And the Lone Ranger was, of course, the old, I think it was a serialized thing back in the day. It first appeared back, I think, in the 30s. Um, it was a radio show, it was a TV show. Um, and here next year will be a, a major motion picture featuring um, Johnny Depp as Tonto, who is um, the Lone Ranger's kind of sidekick, even though he's a Lone Ranger, but he has a sidekick. Doesn't exactly make sense, perhaps, but um, there is definitely a few things there that um, that are kind of uh, catchphrases or whatever. The uh, the Lone Ranger would, would be on his horse and he'd say, Hi-ho, so we're away. Um, people would ask, who was that masked man? And then Lone Ranger's buddy Tonto would usually call him Kimosabi. Um, just a few things like that that are kind of staples of that particular genre. And I'm sure those things will probably be played with and changed and tweaked and maybe used once or something in the new movie just to pay homage to the uh, the versions that have come before it, I would have to think. But all right, well, we're going to move on in to episode two. Those were all from episode one. The only one I really call for episode two, and there may be any, there may be some more, but this is the only one that I really remembered specifically. I mean, there's two technically, but one specific. Lordris is saying that Bob Dylan is alive and is in Minnesota in like a bunker and is rewriting his song into songs against the aliens, which was really kind of funny. And then, um, you know, Bob Dylan, singer songwriter from the '60s, he's still around. Kind of tough, but he, um, you know, he's been popular for years. He still makes music. I know he had an album fairly recently. I remember seeing it at Starbucks, I think. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's still around. His son um, was in the Wallflowers. Who his name was Jacob Dylan, and he had that song "One Headlight" or whatever. So yeah, that's definitely one of those things. And the other thing I would have to say would be a uh, a reference, at least in my mind. It reminds me of it. Maybe it's not directly is the uh, probe, the plant, whatever you want to call it, that will look like the little thing from the Matrix. And I've already mentioned that, but I, I we'll go ahead and throw that here in the Falling Skies and Pop Culture. And I guess that's about all for this section of the show. The next segment I guess we'll go ahead and jump into is some Falling Skies feedback. All right, well, we're going to jump into our Falling Skies feedback. We've got some stuff to talk to you guys about from Facebook, from Twitter. I could check the email. I don't think I've had any emails recently. But hey, if you want to be a part of the next episode, jump on the Facebook group or join us over on Twitter for the conversation about the episodes. We'd love to have you there. Or send us an email, and we'll give you all those details later, but you can send that email to fallingskyscast at gmail.com. I mean, it has been a while since we've had an episode where I've actually included feedback, and I have probably quite a lot of things I could go back and talk about. But at this point, we're already in here to the second season. I don't think we should go too far terribly back. Um, 
One thing I, I think we should mention here, we posted about it on the Facebook page. Um, tonight after the show, hopefully you noticed and you saw it, um, there was a show, a pre, a post show over on BoningSkies.com. It's called Second Watch. And this was, or is hosted by Will Wheaton, who is famous from Star Trek Next Generation as a Wesley Crusher. And he has different stars from the show um, there to talk about what was just on TV. Now, this is going to be um, pre recorded, so it's not live after the show. But it is going to be available for each week episode for this second season, and uh, maybe I guess if it's popular, if it gets a lot of hits, maybe it'll it'll do the same for next season as well. But definitely, I'd say check out that. And I have to say that if it is there on the show on the website, you'd be able to watch it kind of whenever, um, just like any other little web video. I would have to think. I may be wrong about that, but I know it is supposed to premiere right after the the episodes go on live TV. All right, well, last night, actually, on the uh, 16th, we had a conversation between a few of us who received the clout perk. Um, that's one of the things uh, we talked about before. The last little episode we put out was I received the Falling Skies press kit. It had four episodes of the show of season two. Well, I also received a clout perk for being one of the top 100 influencers on clout for Falling Skies. And it was basically another little press kit with the first two episodes of season two that premiered tonight here on TNT. And so we were having a conversation last night that you could check out and there were several of us talking there at colon f at switch which one at thogar and we were all talking about um some of the different things we saw and and at zero nine steph e jumped in there a few times and uh we also had uh at three by space jump into conversation once or twice but basically we were all talking about how we were excited about the new season the special effects looked really well and the bad thing about getting these early is you have to wait longer for the next episode um so it was it was a fun little conversation we had so definitely if you want to have a conversation like that with us check us out over on twitter it would be cool um also i missed a couple here looks like at yet another susan was involved in that conversation at least at one point and um one other person was at gil wilson because basically i'd put out over on the facebook group which links over to twitter did anybody receive their clout perk today and um that's what kind of started our conversation with all these people and then a few people responded um, just by themselves too so thanks for everybody checking us out over on the facebook and on the twitter page we're up to 983 followers on our Twitter, so if you haven't found us there, we would love to have you. And it looks like we're at like 170 over on Facebook, so definitely fun all around there and there. Um, two, I don't know, like I said, it's been a while since we've had an episode, and I've got different comments people have made here and there. I don't want to go too far back. Like, I will say a couple things that from our conversation. Um, at Switch Witch one said, the special effects are great this season. They really stepped it up. Um, at Thogar said, I was very impressed with the FX last year, but this year they're simply incredible. So I think that's cool. Let's see, back on June the 6th, it's been a few days ago, at Twinkle K says, at The Fallen Skies, can't wait. Also want to read Pope's blog. It's going to be great. At SmittyDiddy02 says, waiting patiently for the second season of Fallen Skies on June 17th. I asked, I guess on, on there, if anybody picked up a copy of season one, and at Jane 2P2 says, yes, picked up season one. So that's cool. Um, at SmittyDiddyO2 says, I hope there's a season three mode because my goal is to get a visit on set. Oh, I had one question here I actually didn't see until just now. At underscore X Toper said, Do you know if Fallen Sky Season 2 will be available on Amazon Instant Streaming or anywhere else for uh, for cord cutters? And I'm going to reply to him right now as we speak. 
All right, well, there are more posts from, like, May and going on back, but I guess we'll stop there. And uh, I just do want to just tell you once again how you can contact us if you'd like to be a part of the next show. Again, you can email us at fallingskiescast at gmail.com. You can follow us over on Twitter at the TheFallingSkies. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash FallingSkiesCast. If you'd like to, you can find us on Get Glued. You can check in to the show there, the podcast, if you would care to. And then you can also visit our website, FallingSkiesCast.com, for latest information about the show and everything like that. And you can also find us on Google Plus, actually, too. I always forget to mention that one, but we are there there as well. So look for us if you're on Google Plus. All right, well, that's pretty much going to wrap up this week's show. We're going to uh, bid you adieu for, for this time. And just remember, our last little segment of the show now is Move to the End. The Pope quote of the week is coming up here in just one second. And then we're going to follow that up with our outro music, A Little Alien Youth by Skillet. Skillet, skillet, doo. All right, well, uh, from the Falling Skies cast, I am Jimmy and Georgia. Peace. It's time for the Pope quote of the week. You're not taking him across that river with us. It's not going to happen. He's unarmed and in restraints. The situation is under control. The hell it is. He could still be wired direct to Skidder Central. Now, I'm sorry, but you should have put a bullet in the back of his head the second he took a step towards that ship. And I want to see this. Hey! Two guns against one, that's hardly fair. Actually, it's three against one, Pope. Walk softly. Anthony, you're a disappointment. I thought I was having a positive influence on you.